25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. What's today? Thursday? <laughs> Dad, gummit, Beaver, I start the show every day pretty much the same way. And that's by saying, man, what day is it? Well, regardless, it is Thursday. I've learned that. I know that. It's officially Thursday. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. Hit them up, favrates.com. You can uh, go there and you can click in your county or your town. You can see who the local Farm Bureau insurance agents are. And there is a great likelihood that you already know them. Yeah, look out there. Oh, man, there are people out there mowing grass. Not my grass, other grass. I'm going to be doing that later. Beaver, I'm going to have to break out the lawnmower for the first time in 2020 later this afternoon. Are you jealous or not? Um, Man, I, I love cutting grass so much, Matt. I wish I could come cut yours. Um, Picking up, your, sar- picking up your sarcasm. Well, I would hope so because I'm laying it on pretty thick. Boom! Boom! That's how we do it. Complete movie dialogue, back and forth, not monologue, dialogue. (laughs) Look it up. I'm Matt. He's Beaver. Thanks for tuning in. Hello to everybody that's uh, jumping on the line here on Facebook, the live stream there on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Also, hey to everybody on the uh, text line, the phone line. Y'all call me. Y'all hit me up today on the show. We've got uh, two hours of it with you on this thursday it is a gorgeous day outside man golly it's just so perfect i hope everybody's able to enjoy some outside time today yeah text me on the country pleasing text line it's 885 espn that's a 601 number 885 espn if you need numbers that's good here you go 885-3776 text away the country pleasing text line Country Meat Packers and Country Pleasing Sausage, a great Mississippi company, the best, hands down. Try it if you haven't already. And you can call me on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, Highway 51 in Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. They have tremendous deals going on right now. Let me give you an example. If you go to Kubota right now, you can get any piece of Kubota equipment. Okay, so mower, tractor, you know, big machinery, construction equipment, skid steer, all that. Any piece of Kubota equipment right now at Divini, you get it, and you don't make a payment on it for 90 days. 
That's right. Just an example of some of the deals I got going on at Divinity right now. 995-1059. Speaking of, Chris hanging on the phone line over here. What's up, Chris? What's up, man? How are y'all doing today? Man, I'm just great. Hope you're doing well, too. What's up? So I'm, I'm hoping to start a conversation, see if all my Bulldog friends will chime in on this. I want to, I want to hear what everybody thinks. Um, Bo and them were talking about, you know, this year with State and everything and how good Kylan Hill is going to be in that offense. What I want to know is how many, how many breakout, like, take it to the house touchdowns do you think Kylan Hill will have this year? I mean, if they spread the ball out like they're saying they're going to, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of people paying a lot of attention to him, so that to me leads to think that he's going to have a chance when they hand him the ball when he hits the line of scrimmage, and if he gets through the line of scrimmage, he could take it to the house almost every time. Yeah, um, right, and I get what you're saying, Chris. I mean, and in you know, in in terms of like, um, from a literal sense, it won't be every time, but I get what you're saying. You know, more opportunities for the explosive runs. Well, you're really gashing them. And, you know, Chris, yeah. I think any running back would prefer to play in a system where they actually may get fewer carries, Okay, fewer times where we have just handed you the ball. You, you go through that fewer times, but you have more of a percentage of times when they do hand it to you where you pop it for 15, you pop it for 35, and every now and then you pop it for 60. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what you're well, you think of, touching on. You think you think back about that in the Moorhead system, the last time we've actually seen him do that was two years ago against Kansas State where he run for, what, 200 yards a game. Everybody thinks that his yards are going to go down. I don't believe that because I believe if they open it up, and we get a big lead on people, and they start handing the ball to him, he has a chance to take over games, and it's only going to take, yeah. you know, seven or eight of those 30 carries that he was getting. It's only going to take seven or eight to 10 of those to get 150 to 200 yards. Yeah. And I think, I honestly think that we're going to see him house call it over 30 yards plus this year, probably at least seven or eight times this year. Yeah, And it's, I think that a, that's going to catapult him up into the bottom of the first round, early second, and he made a really good decision coming back. Man, it, it's an interesting um, conversation, Chris. It really is, just because you know I think of so many things, and of course it depends on the defenses you're playing, but there's also this element of, you know, if you go back and you watch Washington State, uh, film when they were really going and, and Gardner Minshew was their quarterback and they were really hard to stop. They had a lot of games against quality defenses where at the line of scrimmage def- defenses were very backed off. Were given big time yeah. cushion okay, because they were wanting to position themselves to keep you they wanted to keep that Washington State offense from throwing it over their head because that's what St- Washington State was always trying to do was throw it over everybody's head. And so they were just like, okay, right. we're going to our best chance here is we're going to force you to execute the short pass game over and over and over and over. Well, therefore, like against Oregon one year, Washington State, they ran like eight or nine screen passes in that game because Washington State was backed off. I mean, Oregon was backed off. They're like, well, look, if you're going to give us this cushion, we're just going to throw a little screen against your pass rush, make eight yards, and line back up. So if everybody, yeah. if you get into a situation where your passing game is enough of a threat that people start backing off and getting you more cushion at line of scrimmage, 
then you're, you're going to get plenty of rush yards, but but the defense is backed off out there, and I don't know if you get that 60-yard run. So we'll talk about it going forward. I appreciate the thought and the phone hey, call. Chris. Hey, man, I wanted to say one one last thing. Hey, Beaver, we want um we want a little more dialogue from you. I, I, I appreciate it. You know that you don't you don't say much, but hey, we want a little more dialogue from you because I like hearing you back and forth with Matt. Y'all have a great day and see ya. See ya. Thanks, Chris. I agree. I like hearing Beaver too. Problem is, the man's working all the time. See, look, prime example. You're sitting there right then, Chris, talking about. Wanting Beaver to talk more in the air. What was he doing? Beaver is on the phone getting Bart Gregory on the phone for us. Thing is, Beaver's just always working. Bart Gregory, right now on your radio via the Divinity Equipment phone line. Bart's with Mississippi State, the Bulldog Club, one of the broadcasters at Mississippi State. Obviously, you see and hear him on the SEC Network Plus throughout the year for pretty much any Bulldog sport that's on. And he, like the rest of us, got a little bit of a break right now. How's this? Um, Bart, cancellation and homeschooling and everything else. How's that going for the Gregory household? <laughs> Probably like it is for everybody else. You know, we get in a routine of being gone a good bit, especially this time of year. Uh, it's been fun. I mean, hey, I, I've got, uh, you know, I've got four kids that we we uh, we've actually gotten closer and have a lot more family time together, and we eat together as a family at night. So it's it feels real weird and. You know, we're still uh, we're still talking to our donors from the Bulldog Club standpoint, working remotely, and but it gives you the chance to do some projects around the yard. Uh, my my nine year old and, and I have uh, built one of these moving chicken tractors. You know, yeah. you build these chicken coops that move around. Yeah, so we've been we've been doing some carpentry work and Attaboy. yeah, just little things like that. Yeah, it's been fun. So, do you already have chickens? Or are you gonna get some? I already have three. The size of this chicken tractor, you can get up to 10. And the Rhode Island Reds average about 260 eggs a year per hen. Mm. I'm not going to get a rooster because I don't hate my neighbors that much. <laughs> and so we're probably looking at about 48 eggs per week on average. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, Bart. Even with three chickens, you're going to be giving eggs away, aren't you? Yeah, but I'm going to get 10. I'm going to get seven more. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be giving eggs away. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I mean, you... I've got to bring the country to start with. <laughs> I hear you. My dad, Bart, lives down in Dothan, Alabama. Um, so extreme, yep. extreme southeast Alabama. He's like just a couple miles from Georgia and just a couple miles from Florida. You know what I mean? Um, and yep. he's got a really big place and a bunch of chickens. And whenever we go visit, obviously my daughter, one of the things she loves to do is go harvest the eggs. He's got big, you know, kind of it's it's incredible. He started I guess what I'm telling you is he started with a small coop and just a few chickens. And then it got bigger yep. and then a few more and then a few more and then the coop got bigger and then he had to expand to another part of the barn. And if you're not careful, Bart, it'll just get bigger and bigger is all I'm telling you. Well here's here's the thing. My five year old it like bounces off the walls and he is just goes crazy. And so if, if he starts running around and yelling, you just say, hey, Wells, go go check on the chicken. It's almost <laughs> like a reset. It's a reset button for him. And so that's, we're, we're turning the chickens over to Wells. There you go. Good stuff. Bart Gregory on your radio right now. So you mentioned bringing the country to Starkville. Um, there's not as many people in Starkville as there normally are, you know, is this time of year. This would have been, this coming weekend, would have been, 
um, Super Bulldog weekend. And I just wonder, Bart, what it's been like for someone who lives there in the college town. It, what word is it you looking for? Is it eerie? Is it strange? Weird? Uh, just how do you describe what Starkville has been like without all the fans coming into town? Well, like I said, it is eerie. I mean, that is the that is the word. I mean, it's very reminiscent of what you see the two weeks after uh, the, the graduation in May before the summer semester starts. It's about a three-week span there, and then it's about a three-week span at Christmas where it's really quiet, mm-hmm. and it's just like that at this time. So, you know, Starkville, with it being a small town and pretty much doubling in size when, you know, the students are here, you know, what – you take a bigger hit with a local economy, especially from a restaurant situation, um, simply because at this time of year, with the students gone, you know, Starkville turns into a real small town. Mm-hmm. And you have some great restaurants here. You have some great retail here. And that's one of the things that people know when they when they put a business in a, a small college town like you do, say, in an Auburn or a Starkville or a Pullman, Washington, and some of these smaller areas, is you're pretty much basing – you know your your count your your money and your and your revenue off of nine months, and so now all of a sudden those nine month projections turn into six month projections for your year, mm-hmm. and I mean that's that's one of the tough things. And you know then the question becomes is you know how long are we looking for this? I mean what are the students going to be you know in the fall because you know Mississippi State is going summer semester uh, online just like they have the rest of the spring semester. And so, yeah, that, that was one of the, uh, some of the worries. And, you know, that, that's the thing when you, you start looking at some of these small towns that are college towns, um, and you look at that Oxford, you look at Starkville, you Lynn Spruill, the mayor here, uh, and then you look at Robin Tannehill in, in Oxford. I mean, they're really working together trying to figure out, you know, the best things in moving this path forward. And that's what's so kind of interesting about it is, kind of working together. Hey, what are you seeing there? What are, what are you seeing here? And, mm-hmm. and, and trying to work together that way. Yeah. yeah. And because it is unprecedented, um, it's just nothing to compare it to, um, I, I guess, at least not now, in terms of this time of year, right? No, not this time of year. And, and too, you know, this is, this is nationwide. I mean, this is yeah. it's, it's apples and oranges. People early on were talking about, you know, about, you know, about Katrina and, and how quick the economy was to, to turn back around. I mean, this is just not a localized situation. It's, it's you know, nationwide or globally. Um, and that's one of the things that my wife does is, is Jen, and she's a lot smarter than I am. And, you know, she works with a group, and they work with municipalities around the country. I mean, they have clients in Mission Viejo, California, to, to Idaho, to, you know, the, the Northeast, Vandalia, Illinois, and Texas, or wherever. And everyone's in the same situation right now. And everyone's talking about retail. They work with retail, trying to make sure that the, you know, they can get um, you know, retail into places. But right now, the focus is on you know, small business. And that, that's the whole key of nationwide is just that small business owner, that restaurant owner, uh, trying to make sure that when this thing does come back. Now, that's the positive is they say when this thing does come back, mm-hmm. uh, you, you're going to have, and you've heard this, that, you know, the, the V and uh, it's, it, it's, it's going to come back real strong. You just have to be patient with it. Bart Gregory on your radio. That's what I was going to say, Bart, is I just sense it, you know, just watching social media and seeing the comments on Facebook and talking to people too. I just, I have this sense that everybody is, that they are so ready for our, our leaders to say, okay, 
you can you can travel or you can go here because they're going to Starkville. I, I think there are like thousands of state fans that because they've missed out on the baseball season, that even if there's not a game, first chance they get where it's safe, they're going to go to Starkville. I, I kind of feel like Starkville businesses at some point are going to get like overrun because everybody wants to get there. Well, in the same way with you know, with Oxford as well, right? And one of those reasons, and one of those reasons is you know the real estate market. And I mean, how many people across the state of Mississippi have a second home, a condo, mm. and you know they're not utilizing it at all right now? And you know, it's just to, to feel like you're getting your money's worth out of that is one thing as well. So, um, yeah, and that's that's the great thing is you know when the when everything's rocking and rolling around here, I mean, Starkville grows exponentially, whether it be a student population or, you know, the, the secondary home business. And so, um, and I was riding around with a guy today, and we were actually with Turkey hunting this morning and coming back through town, one of our donors, he lives in the Delta, and he's like, you know, it's just amazing to see, you know, just how much Starkville is growing and how, how much building is still going on. And, yeah, that, that's that's what's positive is when we can finally get through this. It, will life be completely the same as it was? I don't know, but uh, from a from an economic standpoint, you know, you're probably looking at a few months away. But I think it's really going to come back strong. Yeah, Bart, I have realized through this how much I miss coming into town because I live an hour away from Starkville coming into town every weekend for baseball like this would have been Super Bulldog weekend with State and Ole Miss for baseball and you and Charlie and I together would have been there calling some of the games and it's it's made me realize how much I looked almost at coming into town for games it's like a mini vacation every weekend right like I leave where I live and what my normal job is and I get to come there and just hang out in a cool place and see something cool and eat good food and hang out with you, and I miss it. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. You know, we're all social people. And you know, if you talk to you talk to some people, I know you know they're enjoying the heck out of this because they don't have to talk to anybody. But I'm <laughs> completely opposite. Yeah. I mean, for us to go to the ballpark, you know, people think that hey, when you guys get there, I know it's a blast, and it is a blast broadcasting ball games. And but you know how it is. We get there an hour and a half before a game. We we eat together. We converse with the media. We, you know, we walk around. We talk to fans. I mean, it's it's really you know being an, a Walmart greeter at ball games essentially. Yeah. And and that's what you miss. You you miss you know asking people how their how their family's doing and and um, I mean that's that's what's what's been tough. And the positive is is you know I've been talking to a lot of those people on the phone, but it's just a completely different story. Bart Gregory on your radio right now. Uh, if y'all haven't already, you need to check out Bart on Twitter at Bart Gregory. He's got links to his podcast. He and Charlie Winfield do a Mississippi State baseball podcast called Out of Left Field, which you can also follow on Twitter. It's at Bart and Charlie. And recently they had great conversation with former coach Pat McMahon, former player Jeffrey Ray, who, by the way, is big time with Farm Bureau Insurance in North Mississippi and Pontotoc. So y'all check that out. Bart, with about a minute left. Um, I got a question here on the text line from Ghost Pepper, and he says, "Ask Bart if he really bought a bidet." Bart, did, oh, absolutely! You did absolutely. buy one. I mean, yes, I did, and that, well, that was one of the first things we did. But even before the really the quarantine, is everybody was running about toilet paper, and I was like, you know what, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to buy a bidet. And we looked on, and it was delivered that week. It works, fantastic. 
I don't know if I'll ever go back. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, but I don't have to worry about buying the toilet paper. You guys can buy all the toilet paper you want. No barks a step ahead of you. I tell you what, man. So, Ghost Pepper, you got your answer. It was not just a joke for Twitter. The man actually bought one. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, in, and it's in my bathroom. Not downstairs, not in the kids, not Jen's, not anybody. It's in my bathroom. Well, you know, they say the only escalator in Octavia County is in that bookstore by the football stadium, and I think I know where the only bidet in Octavia <laughs> County is. Uh, I don't know, man. It's some, it's some refined folks down here. Mm-hmm. And clean. <laughs> and clean. I'll make sure I got a warm water one, too. Got a warm water one. You just want to make sure you get the temperature right. Because let me tell you something. If you get it too hot, you got a situation you never experienced before. <laughs> oh, I never. It's things I never have thought of before. I'm 43 years old, and I. So, first time in my life, Bart, I've ever thought about what's the temperature of the water that comes out of a bidet? <laughs> First time. You, you, you want it lukewarm, I can tell you that. <laughs> I bet. All right, Bart. Appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> All right, man. Good talk to you. See you. Bye-bye. Beaver, someday I'm going to start a band, a cover band, and the name of it is going to be Lukewarm Bidet. That's the name of my band. <clears throat> or too hot today. Lord have mercy, that was something. Attaboy, Bart. All right, just getting started with you here on a Thursday in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. All right, back on the show. I've never used a bidet. I don't know that I've ever even seen one in person. Other than the, you know, like the medical version they have in the bathrooms at the hospital. If you're like in a hospital room. Hey, and look, if you just turned your radio on, that's the first thing you heard. I'm sorry. (laughs) You just have to understand that goes back to something on this show and others way back when the toilet paper shortage began because people were hoarding it. Some folks said, we need a bidet. And it turns out Bart Gregory bought one. He put a picture of it on Twitter. I had forgotten, totally forgotten about it. And during that interview previously, a few minutes ago with Bart, Ghost Pepper said, ask him if he actually got one. Bart said, yes, it's installed in his house. And then he gave us advice. And like the mailman says, mailman David On the country, please, in text line, 885-ESPN. Shoot me a text, 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number. As he says, so you don't want your bidet to be... Too hot to handle. Too cold to hold. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. Beaver, do you know the story behind that sound clip right there? Too hot to handle. Too cold to hold. I No, I don't know the story. All right, so that's from a commercial that aired on our stations. Yeah. Right? It's Mailman. It was, um, the one I heard, it was in a commercial 
that was promoting a baseball game upcoming of, between Jackson State and Alcorn State. Those two schools are going to play each other in baseball at Smith Wills, the commercial said. And the commercial, 30-second commercial, this was obviously before Roger um, passed and went to heaven. We're hearing it. Roger and I both were hearing it. And we're listening to this, and it's all about baseball. Here's the date. Here's the time. Smith Will Stadium. Baseball. It's going to be fun. And right in the middle of the commercial, he said this. Too hot to handle. Too cold to hold. <laughs> and what we said was, why is that in there? Because, like, it, it was, I don't know. <laughs> it's because before it, it's baseball, 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 baseball. Go to the baseball game. Here's where you get tickets. And then you hear, too hot to handle, too cold to hold. Join us for baseball at Smith Will Stay. <laughs> and we were like, but, but Matt, aren't you glad it's in there now, though? N- but that's the thing. Or that it was in there? Absolutely, Beaver. Yes. Because that's what we came back around to is it's genius. Mm-hmm. Okay, because first of all, the guy who did this, who voiced this over, you know him. Uh, Roger knew him very well. He's got he's he's just got a voice that's unmistakable. Like God gave him a voice to do radio commercials. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. You know? Like if I do it, it ain't as good. So first that's the first thing. But secondly, you can take this. Message right there, too hot to handle, too cold to hold. Make it upbeat and insert it in any commercial, and it automatically makes the commercial better. And I think that's what they figured out. You know what I mean? Try it on anything, Beaver. Try it. From now on when you're involved in production, like you and 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 Jake are going to do a, a personal endorsement for something, right? Let's just say, hey, this is Jake and... and and hey, I'm Beaver. Y'all come down and join us at so and so next uh I don't know, Friday for a blood drive. We're gonna be giving blood and we're gonna be uh doing that to donate. You can help everybody out who needs it. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. <laughs> and we'll see you guys on Friday. Give blood. <laughs> Friday, Friday, Friday. <laughs> too hot to handle, too cold to hold. It's just it makes everything better. Oh, it's fantastic. One of the last emails that Roger ever sent me was an email with that link in it because I told him I wanted that soundbite. All right. So there you go. Thanks for bringing that up, David. I really do appreciate it. Antonio says, uh, so that's the thing that shoots water up. Yes, that's right. That's what a bidet is, Antonio. <laughs> it absolutely is what shoots water up. You got it. All right. um, There is news today out of Mississippi State University. It's of the basketball type. We got to spice this thing up. I got to do better with my soundboard. Anytime I mention State or Ole Miss or any of these uh, SEC teams, I need to use that as an opportunity to inject a little life into our sports veins. All right, and so there you go. News out of Mississippi State. Robert Woodard II 
is going to put his name into the 2020 NBA draft process. He made that announcement today on social media. He has not signed with an agent according to the release of the university. He will maintain his college eligibility as he goes through the NBA draft evaluation process. Quote from Ben Howland, head coach Bulldogs. We fully support Robert and his decision to pursue the NBA draft process. He's an outstanding talent that possesses every tool to achieve success at the next level. I wonder if Ben actually said that if somebody wrote it for him. (laughs) You know that happens sometimes. I used to be an SID. I know that stuff happens sometimes. Hey, Coach, here's a quote I made for you. You like it? Yeah, that's good. All right, run with it. Woodard. Let's see. More than doubled his scoring average from his freshman year to his sophomore year. 19 of his 22 double-digit point performances and made 31 of 32 starts this year. That would be his sophomore year. He's a Columbus native. Okay, so numbers went up. He was one of five SEC players this year to have 20-plus and 15-plus rebounds during a game throughout the year. He had 21 points and 16 rebounds in in a game against New Orleans. I was actually there. I think it was on the call for that game, if I remember right. He had an 18-point outing against A&M, a 17-point outing against Villanova, uh, and Georgia. So anyway, everything jumped up a whole – it wasn't just little incremental improvement from freshman to sophomore for Robert Woodard. It was big, exponential, double it. You know, 100%. No, that'd be 100. That'd be 200% improvement from one year to the next. And he's just this athletic, athletically built guy that he, he, God really blessed Robert Woodard II. Length. In, in ups and hops and speed and explosiveness and strength. And, man, he's just getting started. The guy's two years removed from high school. So you can see why they there are some projections out there that have him as a first-round prospect. Now, he's got work to do, he and Reggie Perry both. But I'll tell you this much. I like it. I'm proud for him. If Reggie Perry and Robert Woodard II wind up on NBA rosters, it'll give me a reason to watch some NBA games, and I have not been watching a lot of them. Well, no, you know what I mean, over the years. So that excites me. Now, I just want to throw this out there. I don't understand the reaction from some fans and from some media to go, Oh, boy, golly, the bad news just keeps on rolling for Mississippi State fans. If I see that again on Twitter or something, I'm just liable to go off on whoever it is. I saw where somebody this morning you know, reposted the news of Robert Woodard deciding to put his name into the NBA draft and going, another punch in the gut for State fans. Boy, that's just been a – I'm like – How backward can you look at something? Name me the successful college basketball programs who have a projected first-rounder and are upset as a fan base when that player declares for the NBA draft. Name them. The successful ones. Name them. Kentucky? Yeah. You know what Kentucky fans are like? Yes! 
Who's going to draft him? And who are we recruiting to replace him? Tired of the chicken little, sky is falling reaction from state fans and from some media. It's small time. It's little thinking. It's time to broaden your horizon a little bit. And yes, I'm preaching to some fans, not all, but some fans and some media. Stop it. When a player leaves to go pro, stop it. Because you are a program that can go out and recruit another one. That is supposed to. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the point you've been trying to get to if you're Ben Howland. Is a player comes in and within a, within two years he goes to the NBA and we get another one. Oh boy, next year's roster. Forget next year's roster. That'll take care of itself. Be happy you may have a former player you can watch on an NBA floor. How long has that been? But we're going to react negatively because it means he won't be on the team next year. Big-time programs don't think that way, and neither do big-time fan bases. So use it as an opportunity to get better. If you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always gotten. You got a potential to have two players drafted off the same team. There is not a bigger thing that could happen to your program than that. You ought to be applauding it instead of lamenting it. Just getting started. Stick around. On the show. We got a text on the Country Pleasing text line from Micah in Texas. Listening via the stream. And he says uh, they have Woodard projected to go drafted or to get drafted before Perry. Huge upside for both of those players. But big news for State having two guys that could be drafted in the first two rounds. Has that ever happened? Now, I'm sure there might be somebody listening right now, Micah, who could fill us in on that. I've texted to try to find out officially, but I don't know the answer to that. Has State ever had two guys drafted in the first two rounds? All right, I think I have our answer. And yeah, so 1996, Eric Dampier and Dante Jones both went in the first round. Remember that? So who drafted Dampier? Was it Dallas? Was it the Mavericks that drafted Dampier? Is that where he wound up? Or did like Indiana draft Dampier? I'm ashamed that I don't remember the team that drafted Dampier in the first. I do remember that it was the Celtics that took Dante Jones in the first. So the 96 team that was the Final Four team was after the Final Four run. Both those players went in the first round. And then in 2003, Mario Austin and Derek Zimmerman both went in the second round. 
So if you were to look at you know your question in a vacuum there, Micah, and that is two players drafted in the first two rounds. It's only happened twice in school history. 96 with two firsts. 2003 with two seconds. And so outside of that... Um, well, let's see. You had... I'll pull it up and look and see in terms of other uh, players drafted, because you certainly have had you know others drafted. Jeff Malone, Moultrie, Weatherspoon, all that first rounders. It was the last Moultrie was the last first rounder you had. The Heat took him. Prior to that, yeah, it was the. Well, see, and I got it wrong. I said Celtics. I totally got the 96 draft wrong. Micah, Dampier taken in the first round by the Pacers. Jones, Dante Jones taken in the first round by the Knicks. And I totally got it wrong. And then prior to that, you would have had to go back to Jeff Malone in 83. That was taken in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there have not been many first-rounders. But like you say, only twice in school history prior where you had two players go in the first two rounds. And there's an excellent chance. You know, and that's a whole another discussion to get into about Robert Woodard, but why would some people have him projected in front of Perry? It probably would have to do with that jump shot, wouldn't it? You know, the versatility, the way it would fit in the NBA game, but the fact that Robert well, I mean, they both hit three-point shots, but you know, mechanically, Robert Woodard has a, a shot that he's worked on that, you know, you would look at that and tell young players, "Hey, do it like him." From a form standpoint, yeah. So appreciate that text and question. Hats off to Robert Woodard. I know he hasn't t- signed an agent and with an agent and remains his um, retains his eligibility, but. I think he's got a chance to go, too. That's what I think. Hey, do y'all remember, like, the first week back on the radio after spring break, which was right after the shutdown of everything, they had canceled the postseason in basketball, sent everybody home, and that very next week we were back on the radio. And you remember there was a conversation on this radio station, this radio show, other shows, that bubbled up about Tua Tagovailoa versus Joe Burrow. Who would you draft first if you were an NFL team or an NFL executive? There's lots of Joes and there's lots of Tuas. Who would you draft? Now, there is obviously a connection between the Miami Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa, the injured quarterback out of Alabama. They keep popping up in conversations. A lot of it makes sense. Obviously, the Dolphins are at the top of the draft, but not the very top. I think I even went so far as to say on this show, they're going to take him if they can. There's a reason that all the beat writers that cover the Dolphins for different media outlets in and around Miami, where you know their fan base is <clears throat> primarily, there's a reason they keep writing things about Tua Tonga-Valoa. Number one, the Dolphins know they're not trading up high enough to take Joe Burrow they pretty much know what's going to happen first. So then the conversations go to the next two quarterbacks. 
Justin Herbert, Oregon, Tua Tonga-Valoa, Alabama. If Tonga-Valoa had no injury history, it's a no-brainer. He's going ahead of Herbert. If Tua Tonga-Valoa had no injury history, it might be a no-brainer. He's going ahead of Joe Burrow. But that's a whole hypothetical that we can't get into because it's not reality. He does have an injury history. And according to one former NFL executive, he has more of an injury history than people have known about. Michael Lombardi. Now, Michael Lombardi is, to me, to me, he is a former executive in the NFL. He was in the front office for the Jets and different teams and the 49ers and others. And then he embarked into a media career where, in my opinion, he's been very good. He's never linked up with ESPN. He's always been with Fox or someone else. He's done podcasts. He's written books. He's not as mainstream as, say, a Lewis Riddick at ESPN, who they're talking about as a former GM type, might now be an analyst on Monday Night Football. But Lombardi is every much as experienced, if not more, than someone like that. I just wanted to give you the background. Well, he is saying that there's more of an injury history than some people know about. Where's what we do know? Broken finger on his left hand 2018. Didn't miss any games. Sprained knee in the fall of 2018. Didn't miss games. Ankle sprain. December of 2018. Surgery, but didn't miss games. Ankle sprain on the other ankle. The next year, 2019. Surgery. Missed one game. And then, as we know, in the Mississippi State game this past year, dislocated right hip, posterior, whatever, fracture, missed the final three to five games, whatever would have been, did have surgery. Five injuries we know of, five different injuries to different parts of his body that we know of, two of which required surgery. Michael Lombardi, who worked for the 49ers, Eagles, Raiders, Browns, and Patriots, unloaded on Tongavaloa's injury history and reported previously unknown information about multiple broken wrists. Now, he does have a podcast. If y'all want to look for it yourself, uh, I recommend him. He's interesting. He's a good communicator. His name is Michael Lombardi. It's at M Lombardi NFL. He said when he promoted this episode of his podcast, and again, he kind of knows what he's doing. He said, the question to be asked is not, is Tua healthy? Rather, can can Tua stay healthy? Being cleared to play and being able to play are two different things. Lombardi said, quote, It's got to get around that at least one team failed the physical on Tua. And others have to be concerned now as well. Quote, what they saw is they saw the fact it's not just his hip. It's his ankle and it's his wrist. He said, and I quote, he broke his wrist the first day of spring ball one year. They fixed it. He came back and he broke it again. And then here's the quote from former NFL exec, again, who was in the front office with the 49ers, Eagles, Raiders, Browns, Patriots, knows everybody. He's talking to people. He's got access to information. Here's the quote. 
He's brittle. You can't deny it. You can say he's a really good player. But he's brittle, and you can't deny it. Okay, so that's what he said. A wrist is broken twice would be new information in the Tongvaloa injury history according to anything that's been reported and out in the open since his time at Alabama. Now, everybody can confirm. In fact, there's one media outlet in Miami, the Miami Herald. They were able to independently confirm one broken wrist but not two, not the re-injury in pro. But even independently confirming that by the Miami Herald is adding another injury to the list that we previously already named that everybody knows, which were five of those and two surgeries. So now you're telling me that six and potentially seven, both ankles, broken finger, two broken wrists potentially, at least one for sure, and of course the hip thing. I mean, the kid has been beaten up. And and you can say what you want. That's football. It's unlucky. If he's healthy, he can step onto the field day one for an NFL team and be better than somebody they already have. Yes, the question is, how many times is he going to step out there for you or be able to during an NFL season? That is the huge question. I think the Dolphins will draft him anyway. But you're not going to be able to watch him for 16 games. That's what I think. Hour two coming up. Jay Perry up next. Stick around.